episode of beyond the blade episode 94 getting close to 100 getting close to 100 i am your co-host chad d Dominicus. and i am your co-host bill shockey and we are back and chad um you and anthony sounded a little more depressed and defeated as opposed to fired up and angry and yeah. I, I think i think honestly it's kind of how everybody feels at this point Right. Um, but I think my job today is going to be to inject a little life back into <laughs> BTB Sabres hockey here as we go through this episode 94. Yeah, it's like going into it, you know, I, I, I don't know if I was like, I, I felt angry. I felt mad. Uh, and there was like one or two times I did, but nothing crazy by any means. But, mm-hmm. like, really, like, once the mic went on and Anthony, Anthony and I started talking, I, I feel like that's kind of, like, what the moment that defeat hit me. Like, like yeah. we're doing this again. We're talking about this <laughs> again, again. Like, the whole theme was, like, again and again and again and again. And we talked about it, you know, Groundhog Day. We talked about the last few podcasts. But like, yeah. Here we are, you know? Well, speaking of something that isn't Groundhog Day, like Victor Olsen. Yeah, so that is exciting that – uh you know the Sabers say what you will about what you will about them, but uh, they always find a way to pull you in for the game. You know, and yeah. it was <laughs> yeah. know, it was Pilot for New Jersey, it was Will Borgen for Ottawa, and then now it's Olafson for this game. I don't know. Maybe they're going to call something up every game to get people to watch. That's, <laughs> that's, that's their plan. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I, mean, I guess <laughs> if we got to watch it anyways, at least have somebody right. to watch, right? Right. Exactly. So that's but yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's. He's a guy that I think can be a part of this team uh, next season. Uh, his development, uh, the way he's played, the way he's grown this season yeah. in the AHL has been impressive. Uh, I'm excited to get a look at that shot at the NHL against NHL goaltenders and kind of see how that translates. I think it's still going to translate pretty well, but 
you know, I think this is good going the next season to get, whether it be three, four, five, six games here, uh, at least to get some look to see. It'll going to be a small window, but to see kind of how that transfers from the AHL to the NHL. And honestly, I, I would say, I mean, I, a little more nervous because of how the lines changed back to Housley's old ways uh, in the second yep. period last yep. night. But mm-hmm. before that, I would say he was actually doing a decent job of letting the kids that are coming up play, uh, you know, with their time on ice and who they're playing with. So I, I have a glimmer of hope that Olofsson will be the same. But uh, like I said, kind of Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt back together makes me a little nervous for that happening. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's you're probably going to get Ristolainen back. And, yeah, well, I'm sure you'll get Ristolainen back. You're going to get, I don't know if they'll get Bogosian back because he really hasn't practiced yet, so maybe not. But, uh, it, I mean, Borgen's still here, so and Rochester's playing tonight. So if they didn't think they need him, they'd probably send him down. So that's, I guess, gives an indication that he's going to play again tomorrow. So it's, yeah, you're going to see some kids. Uh, Detroit rolls through. They have a few kids of their own, a couple of college free agents that are interesting to get a look at. No Zadina, unfortunately, but uh, <clears throat> there's a... There's a couple guys, at least at least a couple younger guys uh, to look at. So I don't know, whatever. It's six games left. It's a hockey game. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'll, I'll you know I'll be there. I was gonna be there regardless if Olson was here or not. But uh, at least it gives me something else to entertain myself with. Believe it or not, two weeks ago I was actually able to sell them for like what? forty bucks. You sold those for forty? Who would you? <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I was actually there's a was a Vogel I think tweeted out that <clears throat> the uh, season finale is going to be whatever like half off food or something. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, tickets now are like seven bucks on StubHub. <laughs> Even up from like three probably. <laughs> I kind of felt bad, but honestly, to be fair, I had sold the um, the game before I think for forty bucks to the person. So it was it was work people. Okay. Uh, the person that's the lady i sold these two sits next to so i kind of had to be like well you know you mm-hmm. bought them for 40 <laughs> right i'm not giving you yeah. a discount right yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah i think that actually worked out for me and then i will be at um columbus and then the season finale at home yeah i was gonna be at columbus but i switched to go tomorrow uh and then i think i'll be at the is that nashville the finale no i don't think so i think it's ottawa oh uh, i think it is ottawa so yeah, I don't think I'll be at the finale, but I think I'll be at. I rather, honestly, I'd rather see Nashville than Ottawa. So that's why I'm going to pick two. I'm looking right now, but I think that's why I'm going to go. I mean, it's a Tuesday or Thursday, but yeah, I'll probably go to Nashville because yeah, I'd rather Tuesday see Ottawa. Nashville. Yeah, for sure. All right, so quickly, we, real yes, quick go ahead. before go we ahead. go, go. Congrats to you On. for being able to cover the um, Frozen Four. Oh yeah, yes, yes. That's awesome. I'm excited for it. That'll be. Uh, It'll be fun. It's, I've never covered a college hockey game. I got, I got the schedule uh, today when the games were. I thought they were going to be like Thursday. Uh, actually, I thought they'd be Wednesday. Or no, I thought it'd be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because uh, there's, there's obviously going to be three games the two Final Four and then the championship. But it turns out uh, both games are going to be. The Final Four games are going to be on Thursday, 1 at 5, 1 at 8 30. Uh, so that'll be interesting covering back-to-back hockey games and then uh the championship game will be on saturday at eight so it's not too bad no exciting fun it's uh we'll kind of see what teams get in there you know the sabers have one prospect and jacob bryson who's in it uh for providence but uh they play on saturday but i I think they're gonna be up tough against minnesota state but you never know in those kind of tournaments bill you win you get hot you win a few hockey games and 
find yourself in there. You know it, especially in gold hunters, hot yeah, in tournaments yeah. like that. Exactly, that helps. It's a smaller tournament too, right? I mean, it's yep. you know it's four on each side, so you just got to win a few games, and before you know it, you're in the final four. So do what you got to do there. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. There's there's some good prospects from other teams, you know, in there too to maybe get a look at. So I think it'll be nice for you to watch some hockey that. I mean, obviously you're covering, but you don't necessarily care who wins or loses. Right, right, exactly. And it, it'll most likely be good hockey too, not <laughs> high intense drama. You know what is this? These get you back to games, the scouting days. Yeah, that mean things. The uh, the playoff games that we haven't seen around here in quite some time. So we're, we're getting we're getting a taste of that at least. So yeah, it'll be fun. And uh, I hope some people are kind of taking advantage of it. Uh, you know, with it being in Buffalo, it's a cool event. I always enjoy watching it every year. So it's in Buffalo. I'd recommend our listeners, you know, I'm sure tickets are still available if you haven't got them yet to do that. Cause I think it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Uh, and like Bill said, it's entertaining hockey. So at least take advantage of that. Cause we don't see that around here a lot either. So do you get to be just up in the box for that? Yeah. Up in the box. Um, okay. I have access to, uh, actually Friday is the awards thing. Uh, which I'll be at as well, and that's when they hand out the Hobie Baker Award. Oh, nice. Uh, so that'll be Friday at Harbor Center, I believe, so I believe I will be in attendance for that because that'll be pretty cool to kind of go see that live. So, yeah, I mean, it's a whole bunch, you know, get access to the coaches, the players, the media availability, uh, go to the practices. So, yeah, it's like a little three-, four-day event that'll be different and uh, exciting to kind of rub some sources with new people and see some new faces and, you know, that's how you make connections and grow, right? So that's part of it too. You got it. Good stuff. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's uh, yeah, I appreciate it. So as I was gonna say, uh, everybody got to hear yesterday uh, or last night, uh, Anthony and I, like you mentioned, our depression. I think before <laughs> we get into the armchair GM stuff here, which is gonna be fun. A lot of people are looking forward to it. And I am too. Talking about that, it's always fun to talk about the future and what you would do. Um, I guess I should ask you, kind of. I mean, you handle it better than I do because you can just turn the game off or I have to sit through them and watch them, unfortunately. So you don't get to suffer through it that way. But just in general here, I mean, how are you? Uh, how's your hockey life situation going for you? I mean, I would say in general, I understand it. Um, the depression side of things where it's just – so let's go back to – like you and I were even talking before the Ottawa game and the lineups looked pretty good. Right. Uh, so Boca was sitting, you know, with uh, Risto sick. Uh, getting a look at Borgen, um, I was kind of excited to see what that lineup could do. And then, so we, we were actually saying, I actually said to you, you know, it's not in the best interest for the future, but I actually kind of hope the Sabres destroy Ottawa. Uh, and of course, they have two bad goals against, and then Housley shuffles everything up, and they kind of just go off into the distance like they have the entire season. Right. Um, and, and to the same point, I feel like, I don't want to say players are giving up, but there's definitely just no no will to the end here. And you can kind of see it where, you know, guys like Eichel, and I know Risto didn't play like last night, but Risto, Skinner, like those guys have been in the league for how long now? And, you know, they haven't seen the playoffs, and it's going to be another year without playoffs. Uh, I'm sure that starts to wear and tear on you too when you get to the last six games here. And, I mean, let's be honest, for, for a guy like Jack Eichel, it doesn't really mean anything. Um it's not like he's fighting for a job, you know? Yeah, right. So, so, but I mean, it, it's nice to see the infusion of the young guys like Borg and like Nylander who, you know, do have something to fight for. So they're, they're playing well, I think, too. 
so that's good to see. But but overall, I think it's just how do I put this? It's not even the frustration of. It, I mean, it is the frustration of the play on the ice. But I, I think for me, the anger and the frustration lies on everything that's going on around it. Where you have Housley saying, you know, it's we just need to check better. We need to hmm. you know, have detail. our checking detail. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the reason that we're getting scored on, not because we're leaving guys alone back door. Like, <laughs> like anybody, leaving. beer leaguers could just shove it in, you know. Or some guy uh, named Rudis, Rudolph's Balsers. Just, Balsers, yeah. Just, just shoveling one so, in. So, yeah, that's frustrating. But I, I think for me it's more it's more the lack of accountability. It's it's the fact that that stuff's happening. It keeps happening. And there's just – there's no calling out. I mean, Jack did maybe a little bit of it where he said, uh, if you're not ready to go or something like that, then maybe you shouldn't just even be here in the NHL. Right. Um, so, I mean, that made me feel a little bit better. But like I said, it's only because it's really the only accountability I've heard. You've had Housley saying, like, things are fine. Bottrell say – Mottrell's shocked that Housley was even getting called for his head four weeks ago. Uh, another vote of confidence the other night, for the most part, from Terry. Uh, Kim, I think, kind of left the door a little more open. So I, I think it's it's just the, like I said, for me it's more the, the, the lack of accountability, the lack of, like, it's depressing and it sucks. But like I said, for me it's that, the fact that nobody seems to really care that we're in this spot again. And I think for me, that's where all of the anger and the frustration lies. And if, if they really think, and I, <laughs> let's like worst case scenario, if Skinner walks and they bring Housley back, and I don't know, say you pick seventh, so it's going to be just a guy that's not going to be here next year. Yeah. I just do not know how you sell this team next year to the fans. You t- because, like you said, and, and we're going to get into it. Uh, it's it's tough. It's you got guys on contracts that you you can't just yeah. ship them all yeah. out. Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, there's going to be a, a decent portion of the same guys that are going to be back next year. And uh, I just, you got it. There's, there's got to be some kind of change. And, like, like <laughs> I guess it's, it's concerning to me that Pagula said he didn't know what it was. <laughs> there's got to be change. I just don't know what. Well, there's right. only so many things you can change. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting off season. I think there's, it's not going to be easy, but I think there's a lot of work to do. And as we're going to show here, I think there is a lot of work you can do, at least enough to put this team back to where they were supposed to be this year. Yeah, I, I, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about how we're all saying, you know, high 80s, low 90s, we'd be okay with that. Uh, and then once they kind of started to slip after the 10-game win streak, it was, you know, well, you know, if they get, you know, mid-80s, high-80s, are we really still going to be mad just because they had the win streak? Uh, but now look at us now. I mean, we're 71 points. You're going to be lucky to get maybe 76. Right. You're not even close to to even, like, pre-season predictions. Yeah. So, and I think that's where you just, there's no way you can say that this year is a a step forward, that there's progress. I mean, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself. And for... I just, I hope, I hope that that's truly what it is, is that they're just, they don't know what to say at this point. So they're just spewing whatever comes out of their mouth and uh, behind the scenes, you're going to see hopefully hard hats and, and, and getting to work in the Sabres front office as soon as the season ends. Yeah. I, I think you said it all pretty well there. You know, it's, I really do believe that they're at the point, especially with, with the coach. I mean, there's, there's, there's no return here. There's no, there's, there's no coming back from the way this season has ended that you can bring them back. And 
before this kind of all happened, you know, I was confident that Bottle saw these things, but now, I mean, it's even if you want to sit there and say that it's not all Housley, which it, it really, uh, to be fair, it's it is not all Housley. He's, he's not one hundred percent the issue here. Uh, he's part of it, but somebody we talked about this earlier in the season that what our goal was, and if it was under that, it was unacceptable, and this is going to come under that. So. Mm-hmm. It's going to come well under that. Right, and you've won 14 of your last 49 games. I am sorry. That means someone loses a job. That's that's the way it goes. That that is the way it works. That's not good enough. Like, as you said, there has to be accountability, and this is it right here. So You would think. And, yeah, I mean, mean, it even goes back to, like, if they don't win a game in a shootout, they've lost 12 straight or something like that. It's just... Actually, let me scroll, scroll, scroll. I like too many tweets today. Here you go. Howard, uh, WGR today. 13 straight road losses, 3-15-2 and two in the last 20, 14 wins in the last 51, one regulation win since mid-February, shut out four times the last nine games. It's crazy. Like, how is that acceptable? It's crazy. It's not. And I, and I, like, I get what people are saying, how, how are you going to fire the coach now? It's pointless. To me, it's not. Like, make a state uh, – I'm, <laughs> I'm about to tell you to throw the E up uh, for explicit, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to behave. It's just, I just I – don't, I don't know how you can look at all of that. And it just – you have to not only show, account, show accountability, like, behind the scenes, you, you have to make an example of somebody at this point. Yep. Okay, if, if, and I, like I said, if, okay, if they – if they see that as letting Housley go as the season ends, trading Rissalainen this year, like, yes, that is some accountability. But I think this even goes back to Bottrell. And the, the more this season goes on, the more angry I am that he sat on his damn hands and did nothing. Like, even going back to him saying the 10-game win streak, we knew that wasn't real. And at the time, like, that, that came out. Like, we were giving him praise for that. Like, good on him for seeing that the winning streak was, you know, not a real thing and that this team wasn't as good as the 10-game win streak. But at the same time, now looking back, then do something. Yep. Like, yep. make a move and make sure that, okay, you know, the 10-game win streak isn't this team, but I'm going to damn sure make, or I'm going to make sure that we play freaking 500 hockey and get into the freaking playoffs. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you just sit around and let that happen? And I think it's kind of like all of this, the the sitting on your hands, the waiting till the season ends, just letting time go by. And now you're, you know, getting close to the end of, you know, Middlestad, Dahlien's ELC, you're into Eichel's, Reinhardt, another bad move. You only signed him for uh, the two years, so now you're going to have to pay him uh, in a couple of years when you could have had him long term. It's just all these little things are adding up, and it's because he, I feel like he's dragging his feet. So you got him dragging his feet. You had the coach not knowing how to put players in the best position to win. And you got the the owner just saying, like, meh, you know, he was a good player, so maybe he'll grow into a good coach. And that's not how it works. That's not how any of this no, works. No. <laughs> so so, the guy goes so I just <laughs> – yeah. <laughs> I, I think everything compiling here is just this better be one hell of an off season because if it isn't, like, everybody just needs to go. Like I'm at that point. Like just you're not wrong. I said I sent you that the gift uh, the other morning where it was the, the bartender just, one just, yeah, just throwing everybody <laughs> out of the bar. Like I'm getting close to that point. Yep. 
like, like if it, this is really how it's going to go. And actually, there was I forget what the quote was, but and I even forget if it was Kim or Terry. I think it was Kim, but basically said that she said that Bottrell said he had faith in Housley, but we're still going to have our evaluations at the end of the year. Right. To me, that was kind of opening the door for both of them. Yeah. It was like the the Murray Bilesma thing again. Yeah. Where everyone thought Bilesma was going to go, Murray has another year, and all of a sudden they're both out the door. I I wouldn't expect that to happen this time, but it kind of sounded like it. And at this point, I I don't know that I could blame them for that. If they have somebody in mind that they think they could do a better job. Now, if they make that right decision is to be told, because they haven't done it yet. (laughs) Doesn't say that. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, I... It's 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 tough, but at the same time, it's just like I said. Every, everything at this point piling up, the sitting on the hands, the just just waiting for something to change when you're not going to actually make a change yourself is insanity. Uh, and it's it's it, like I said, it's it's nice at this point that we're finally getting to see what the kids are going to do. But why the hell didn't we see that two months ago? It's I don't know. It, it, you can't tell me Rochester wouldn't have made the playoffs anyways. No. So right. I, I think I think it's just I don't know. <laughs> I guess and ran. I felt pretty good about that, but it, it's just it's frustrating. And I get it, and it's just the fact that Dan it hasn't been and it's like it's kinda of like the Bills thing all over again. It's not Bottrell's fault it's been eight years. But he's gotta know it's been eight years. Like you you're gonna it, hold, Carolina goes your second longest, longest or your longest. Carolina's the longest, longest and now the Sabres are gonna hold the longest. Because Carolina's so here you go. the playoffs this year. Yep. Like you, you did the tank. You got Eichel. You got Reinhardt. You fell into Dalene. You have a core now. There is no excuse at all for this team going forward to be anywhere near where they are this year. Nowhere near. It should be ninety plus from here on out. Yep. Until Eichel retires. Yeah. Or Dalene. You have the two biggest pieces that any team needs. You have your franchise center. You have your franchise defenseman. Freaking figure out the rest. It's it's not that hard. Edmonton's the only other team that can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like every, right. half Sad, the teams make right. it. Yeah, just yeah. It's other teams, like Colorado, the Devils, all these other teams figure it out, turn it around, make it once. Yeah, that was supposed to be this year. Yeah, I just I I don't understand. Like you get like, like you said, you know, if half the half the league makes it. You think one year you get lucky. You know what I mean? You don't yeah, even have to be I'm, great to make the playoffs. You just have to be average, lightly average. Exactly, and that's literally all they had to do from November on. Yeah, be average. Yeah, it's. I don't know. They couldn't do that. The coach went down with the ship, but the GM also just sat there and waved from the shore. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Yeah, hit a, hit a bunch way. of life rafts on the beach with them. Yeah, you just kind of kicked them under the sand. <laughs> Watch the ship go down. Yeah, it's it's tough, but it's reality. It, it really is. Uh, you mentioned Rochester. I was kind of peeking quickly to see how they were doing. I've been trying to look. Do uh, they go to overtime? They lost in overtime, but uh, Taylor did go to three forwards again to start overtime. I can dig it. Yeah. So it didn't work this time, but, you know, I'll, 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 I'm going to go with that. Keep trying it, you know? Uh-huh. That's not always going to work, but, you know, innovation isn't always. And, and I mean, I think that's the point. It's, it's that, number one, putting your best three guys out there. The fact yep. that. Skinner doesn't see the ice till halfway through overtime. I don't care how much of a defensive liability is. Like I still think he has the most game-winning goals in overtime for your team, right? Yeah, I mean, they're so, power, there's a couple that are power play, but still, I mean, he's, he's your leading goal scorer. In the right, team. right. Exactly. So why the hell do you not have your leading goal scorer see the ice until 
two minutes have gone in a five minute overtime. Yeah. It's just things like that where I think it's just overthinking. Like put your best damn players on the ice. Put out Eichel, put out Skinner, put out Dalene. And tell them to go win. You shouldn't need another shift. I'm, so. with, you. I'm with you. So speaking yeah. of players, good players, uh, good players. <laughs> the Sabres need some more of them. And just, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> just a few. Just a few. Uh, so what our plan here is going to be for the rest of this podcast is Bill and I are the new president of hockey operations uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. So take it what you will. We're taking over the team. Bottle can't put a roster together, so we're going to do it. So uh, That was I a quick turnaround. I gave yes. you a little speech, and all of a sudden we're – yeah, presidents of the team. Yeah, exactly. We got hired. Someone <laughs> heard it, and we got hired on the spot. So that's that's the way it worked. Uh, so I tweeted about it earlier uh, to tease it up a little bit. I no, I was off today, so I had some time to mess around and um, use my fancy numbers, fancy stats, and players that are available that I think and I think could trade for uh, to put together a decent roster. Here. I know you have a few guys that you put together um, that we'll talk about too. So it's. We'll kind of go through this here, but I, I think the thing that's right at the top here that we both kind of realized going through this uh, at the beginning is, and you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast here, there's a lot of guys under contract next year still. It is tough, yep. it, especially if you want to bring up some guys from Rochester too to be full-time players. It's There is not really a lot of spots that are open next season. Which is a problem. Right. It's a problem in itself. Which, I mean, it's, it's why... Before this disaster of a season happened, we talked about the 2020 plan, where you get close, you make it, and then 2020 you go. Just because you have all that room, all that space, you can literally make the team whatever you want. Um, And I think that's kind of actually why it's really important right now for the owners to sit down and decide who do they want running that ship, because it's going to be able to be a complete overhaul uh, at that point. So, um, yeah, but it definitely makes things tougher for next year. Let's see. How do I want to go about this? So I, I think so I would I, start with. So I think here's how I put. So I have here's where the holes were in my roster. Uh, they need a second line center. Uh, they needed, I think, at least two players. I had open in their bottom six, one in the middle six, um, which one one in the middle six and one in the bottom six. I would say call a few players up. I think they need one or two defensemen, and then the goaltenders are staying the same. So. The players we brought up, uh, I guess we can kind of go in order here, Alex Nylander playing one right wing and playing right wing effectively is kind of changing the game a little bit here for us. Yeah, it's a big move because when we were talking about this uh, before the Nylander call-up, we needed a top winger, a middle winger, and a bottom – or a middle center and a bottom winger, and then D on top of that. So if we slot Nylander up here – uh, especially with the, if he's with uh, who we have him with, I think he'll be okay. Um, and yeah, honestly, that's a gift because instead of having him traded out in a package for somebody, if you can just slot him in there, uh, that that's an easy fix and it's a cheap fix uh, for your top six. Then Victor Olsson, we're going to get a look at, is slotted in here in the lineup as a call up, and uh, Pilot is going to be here full term, full time. And I'm looking quickly, and that's kind of really it. So, if you're thinking, well, why isn't so-and-so player in this lineup? Uh, and the call-up term is we're going to get to that in a second, and I'll explain why. So, 
So let's get into the fun part, Bill. Let's get into what we did here, and then we'll kind of spread out how these lines look and how I got a team that on Sean Tierney's war uh, lineup creator got to 101 points projected. So where do you want to start first? Do you want to start with our trades, or do you want to go into free agency first? Should we do trades first because they happens before free agency? Is that should yeah. that way? Yep. Yeah, do the trades first. And I would say that we – with the trades we made, we tried to stick with stuff that's been rumored at some point. Exactly. Uh, not trying to going off the board and just pulling people out of thin air. Right. And so I think that's I, important. As I tweeted here, the moves that I made, I only made one drastic tra- trade, and that was the best align it, and that's not really a crazy move. I mean, I think that's realistically going to happen. No, so, it keeps coming up. So. Right. Yeah, where there's, you know, there's smoke, there's fire. So that's... So we'll do that trade first thing because that's the one that people are most excited about um, and interested in. And I also think that that is the one that's going to be going to yield you the most fruit here. So mm-hmm. Rassif is still lining. Uh, we all know his situation, so I'm not going to get into that. We all know the numbers on him. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, in, a, in a certain situation, he probably can be a successful defenseman. I just think that ship has sailed here. And I think for the player and for the team, I think it would be good to – uh, part ways and get new opportunities. So honestly, in this situation, you probably would do pretty well. Exactly, which is and, fine. Yep. And honestly. you're <laughs> in this situation, you're going to see him quite a few times a season. So uh, <laughs> the move here, and if you haven't guessed it by that, uh, is Ristolainen is traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, a situation and trade rumor that we heard about on the deadline, and we've heard Elliot Friedman talk a few times about it when Ristolainen has come up on his Thirty One Thoughts podcast. So it seems that some some interest from Tampa Bay. And that is where I decided to go here. So coming out of the Saber side is Ristolainen, and going with him is also a 2020 fourth-round pick that goes to Tampa Bay. Coming back the Sabres way uh, is forward JT Miller and defenseman Eric Cernak. So Cernak has been the guy that, for me, Ever since this deal happened, uh, ever since the rumor happened, I guess you could say, he's the guy that I have coveted. Uh, I've watched him as, I guess you could say he's my offseason crush in a way, uh, that I have dreams about sometimes and what the reality would be of Erasmus Stalin and Eric Cernak pair for the next 10 to 15 years, which I think would be incredible and a legitimate top pair this team has not had in a long time. We'll get back to Cernak in a second, but let's do the quick house cleaning here. So the $5.4 million goes out the door to Tampa Bay, uh, and the Sabres in return take JT Miller uh, forward, which is a money dump for the Lightning, who just, I think just acquired him last year and signed him over the summer. But they got to make room to sign point and a couple other guys, so they got to make a move. So Miller and his... One, two, three, four. I'm sorry. One, two, three, four years at $5.250 million uh, comes over. He's only 26 years old. So by the time that expires, he'll be 30. So it's not too bad. So you're going to get some term. You're going to get some good years out of him. He's a good hockey player that can play up and down your lineup, uh, which we're going to get to in a second here when we start breaking down our lines. So that's the story on Miller. Back to Cernak. Uh, he's an interesting situation where I think he's probably. I want to. It doesn't. It's not juicy for people who don't know who Cernak is, but he's really, I think, would be the prize acquisition of the offseason. Uh, like I said, he's a right shot defenseman. He's big. Uh, believe it or not, he's uh, he's one of the second round picks the Sabres traded to the Kings in the Hudson fashion Nick Delorier deal. 
that eventually got flipped to Tampa Bay in, I forgot what trade it is, but eventually made its way to Tampa Bay. They used one of those selections to grab Cernak. So, actually, I'm, I'm sorry. The Kings drafted Cernak, and I think they, then they traded him to Tampa Bay is what happened there. I think that's what happened. So he was a Kings draft pick that then went to uh, Tampa Bay via trade early in his career. But, yeah, I mean, he's a big defenseman. He moves the puck well. He's good defensively. He can provide you some offense. Uh, and not to mention, you know, you could say, well, maybe he's being covered up and protected by, you know, like playing with a guy like Victor Hedman or some good defenseman like McDonough they have in Tampa Bay. Well, good thing we have one of those. Fortunately, we, yes, we yeah. have one of those, and that'll be his partner. So that should kind of, you know, wipe that out and go clean there. So that's – I think that would be the big move. Uh, looking at this deal, I think the, I, the thing that kind of holds me up about Tampa Bay's end of it is it's kind of – Really, it's kind of money in, money out for them. Doesn't really help them in terms of their cap. Um, that's why I wonder if part of this, you maybe have to take Ryan Callahan too, and his one year at five point eight million dollars, and then he becomes your thirteen forward, and you kind of eat that for one. He's basically becomes your Jason Hollenville this year, right? I mean, that, that's what he becomes uh, for one more season. So, I don't I think, think you'd be like a terrible fourth line. No, I mean center. his numbers are good. I mean his analytical yeah. numbers are good. He's a good defensive forward. Uh, he's from Rochester, from the area. So I mean he could be a guy that comes in and out of the lineup in the fourth line. Uh, doesn't have to play every single night. So yeah, I mean he's a veteran. Uh, if he picks up a cup ring this year with Tampa Bay too, that'll be nice. So yeah, I mean I, I think there's you know, there's room there. And when we get to the end here, I, we're going to have about $11 million in cap space. So if you use five of it, uh, almost six of it to take on McDonough or take on, uh, Callahan. Yeah. Uh, you're still going to have about $5 million left. So either way, I think you're in a good spot and that that's at an $83 million cap. So just so everybody knows we're, we're going off an $83 million cap, uh, which is what the production projection is right now for next season. So, that's the big trade. Do you have any thoughts or any other players that maybe on Tampa Bay you could be interested in besides those uh, I mentioned? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, a, a name that's thrown around quite often is Tyler Johnson. I think people love him from the uh, the last couple of years where the uh, triple lines have been really good in the play, yep. especially in the playoffs. Yeah, um, he's got. I know one, talking about two, this. three, four. He's got five years at five million dollars left. He's twenty eight years old, which that's a little scary. But uh, I think he would definitely <clears throat> he would definitely be a guy that could you know slot into that that two uh, C uh, until Middlestead's readily, and then as soon as he's ready, he easily slots back into a three C. And I think you can ride that for not the entirety of that, obviously, but maybe like three of that, three of the five. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, I obviously wouldn't love that, but I, I think that's another option. I know before this we were talking about Kalorn. Um, the more you were looking into him, yeah. you kind of liked that. Yep, 29 years old. He has four years left at 4.4. He'd be, I think, a really good bottom six guy, left winger. Uh, He's good defensively. He can give you some offense. You know, the tough thing about these Tampa Bay guys, I'm looking through it now, Kalorn has a 16-team list of players, of teams he can be traded to. Uh, Tyler Johnson has a full no-trade clause through 2021. Ryan Callahan has a modified no-trade clause of 16 teams. And is that all of – oh, JT Miller has nothing right now. So I guess that's, that's, I guess, without really knowing, I guess that kind of makes sense for JT Miller. He has no say here, so that could be why. And then Callahan, you have to wonder if he wins with Tampa Bay, 
uh, I would think he probably would wave to come to Buffalo, Rochester, that thing. So I don't think that would be much of an issue either. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would be too much of an issue, especially if it's just one year left. I think if they want, I imagine or you hope that they're in a playoff race, but if they're not, they can trade them to another team. Uh, or in the following year, he can just go wherever he wants for cheaper money. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't think that would be unrealistic for kind of a one-year thing for him, and it makes more sense to the Tampa Bay cap issue. Uh, as as uh, for anybody else, I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, obviously people want point, but that's not happening. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I think those are kind of your guys in the Tampa Bay realm. Okay, so that is the wrist line and trade. Uh so we'll move on from that, but I guess that would be your big move, so to speak, of the off season. Uh, so it's, I, I think realistically, Callahan might be part of that deal. So we'll say the official deal can be Cernak and JT Miller, and Ryan Callahan going to Buffalo for Ristolainen in, in the twenty twenty fourth round pick. So take some cap dump on your side. You kind of you're taking JT Miller's money, but he's still a pretty good hockey player. So it's not really a cap dump where uh, Callahan on the other side is a complete cap dump. So. Moving on to the next trade here. Uh, this is one of the minors, one of the two minor trades that I made. Uh, and this move is an exchange of restricted free agents. And this player the Sabres are going to get back is somebody probably not a lot of you have heard of. So the move is the Sabres send defenseman Jake McCabe uh, to the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for forward uh, center Andrew Kopp. Now, uh, I'll get into Kopp in a second here, but on the Sabre side, there may need to be something else added in here. Uh, perhaps a draft pick. Uh, maybe a guy like C.J. Smith, who I wasn't able to get in my lineup here. He holds some value. I don't know how much interest Sabres have in him long-term in the NHL. Maybe Winnipeg does kind of in the bottom sectional lineup as a cheap guy. So uh, maybe Smith's part of this deal or a draft pick, but I still think something a little bit more might have to go with McCabe. Uh, because while Andrew Kopp is not a household familiar name uh he serves a pretty good value on winnipeg's team so right now uh i'm on evolving hockey here and his overall expected goal impact overall uh goals for and goes against he's actually third on the entire team of the winnipeg jets so that kind of shows you how big of an impact and how important of a player he is for that team uh he's 24 years old he has 11 goals and 24 points, I believe it is, in 63 games. So he's he's going to be your fourth-line center. That's where you're basically acquiring. Uh, he plays with speed. He has some skill. He could score. Uh, he's an improvement over Johan Larson, who you've had here for a couple of years. Uh, he's a restricted free agent that you're probably – he's making $1 million right now. Uh, I think I ended up signing him to a, a two-year deal worth $1.75 million. I believe I don't have it. In, I don't have it down. scrolled farther down. I can't really get to it right now, but I believe that's what I ended up signing him for as a restricted free agent. And then, yeah, you add some scoring. You add some speed, uh, you know, to the bottom of your lineup. And, again, it's a young player, 24 years old. He fits the model. So, yeah, that it, it's a minor trade. Um, again, not for, not for a player a lot of you have heard of. This is more of a – Analytical darling that uh, you've heard a few times that Kevin, uh, who I speak with on Twitter a lot, kind of brought this to my attention uh, initially. And the more I've watched him and the more I've looked into him, I've kind of become – he's actually replaced Brandon Tanev for me, which is interesting. Tanev was my you – know, he was my guy last year you heard a lot about with Winnipeg. But now 
<laughs> and then Cops actually got more interested in. So that's that'll kind of tell you how much I like him. But yeah, any thoughts, comments, concerns on that dealer from you over there? I don't just do a lot of talking here. Uh, no, yeah, it's, <clears throat> I just hope we can get us some shorties, huh? Yeah, but, uh, right. No, I mean, realistically, what you're doing here is you're taking the enormous amount of defensemen that we thought would be moved at some point in this season, uh, and you're switching that out for some forward depth, which we are severely lacking and have lacked for a while. So I, I think it makes sense in that respect where you're, you're taking a guy that not nece- you don't necessarily need uh, on the back end to try and finally prop up some of the bottom six and get some secondary scoring. Yeah, well said. And that was exactly my goal was there. So that's yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, I like McKay. I'd be sad to see him go. Yeah, but me too. Me too. But we're gonna get into why your we, defense left side is gonna be fine here. Uh, but uh, exactly. Yeah, like I said in the beginning, even in the beginning of the year, we kind of pegged him as the odd man out. Right. Right. I mean, he, he carries the most, and then he carries the most value. That's why. I mean, yeah. you're not, you're not going to get a lot. For, you're not going to get anything for Hunwick. You're not really going to get a lot for Scandella. So that's, you know, that's that 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 is what it is there. So, all right. So that's the Andrew Cop trade. Minor detail, fourth line center, some depth in the bottom bottom six of your lineup, much needed and much appreciated improvement over Johan Larson. So moving on to our final, and this is an absolutely minor, minor trade uh, here. So let's see. So the last trade is Marco Scandella goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins, who with the acquisition of Eric Branson and – uh, somebody else that picked up recently wasn't even oh Jack Johnson they signed in the offseason uh, I feel like he fits the mold of, of the defenseman that Relaford wants so uh, that's why I think that's a good fit there for Scandella so Scandella going to Pittsburgh in exchange for a fifth round pick and the Sabres retain 1.5 million dollars in that deal absolutely minor get Scandella off my roster absolutely critical really, absolutely <laughs> critical well said well said <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. you got to find a way to get him off the team. Uh, him um, and Saboka have been the two biggest problems this year. So finding a team that would take one of them, uh, I, I think you do what you got to do to make that trade. All right, so before we jump into the free agency portion of this, which is going to be a little bit interesting here uh, with that, and maybe kind of will have a little, bit, a, little bit, kind of, a little bit of a longer conversation than how our trades went, uh, are there any moves or any trades or any players that you had in mind before we had the free agency thing, or is the free agency kind of where your meat and potatoes are here? Um, I think for me, free agency is kind of the meat and potatoes. I, I just, for me, trades, they're, they're fun to talk about, but I hate going off into fantasy land yeah, of, right, right. you know, can we get this guy? Maybe, you know, what will it take? I just, I think even, even the, the Oilers guy who, uh, Tra- Travis Yost always like retweets his stuff just because it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So for him to be the one that everyone's quote tweeting saying they're trading Ristolainen for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right, right. I just throw that right out the window. Yeah, like okay, well, that's uh, not happening, right? That's- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Matheson or whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah he says yeah. some crazy. Ass. I think he like almost all of his tweets get ratioed. So <laughs> let's put it that way. So, so I think that's why we, especially why we went the Tampa Bay route here. Um, and I mean, other than that, it's kind of, I mean, even to your point, it's, it's not necessarily even that there aren't guys that I wouldn't mind go getting, but what the hell are you giving up? Well, that's everything. I mean, I mean, unless you're giving up, I don't up give up that, my first round pick here. You know, I, I keep both those first round picks, which I think right. you kind of, you kind of need, uh, to replenish your system. So you, you could yeah, very well trade your first round pick, but I, I, 
you know, constructively didn't do that here because I wanted to keep it. On to free agency. So there are two free agents that were signed. And I'm going to scroll down now to my roster so I can look at set of free agents. Uh, so the first free agent, and if you listen to me talk about free agents and free agent options and signing a free agent center, uh, this guy won't be a surprise to you. And that is one Kevin Hayes. Uh, so my say. deal was a five-year deal at $6.5 million cap. Uh, and that is basically what I did is I stole the Paul Stastny deal uh, with the Golden Knights last year. That was three years at 6.5, but uh, that's where I got my number from. So I, I figured he'll get Paul Stastny money, and we'll go five years instead of three. So Hayes, uh, he's 26 years old. He'll be 31 at the end of that contract. Uh, you know, he's a two-way defenseman. He's big. Uh, and, and I think the thing for him, too, that I think fits perfectly is he can step in right now as your second-line center. And then eventually when Middlestad is ready, he drops down to a pretty good third-line center on a deep team. Uh, he has good transition numbers. Uh, he can He's now scored and produced on two teams uh, that play with pace, that play with speed, where you ideally want to do in this NHL that hasn't slowed him down. He can play the power play. He has good numbers on that, uh, especially underlying numbers analytically. He can also kill penalties. He's a decent faceoff guy. So he's kind of, he's not great. I guess you could say it anything, but he's good at a lot of things, the way I'll put it. Uh, and there's some, you know, I'll, I'll be. Kind of sounds like O'Reilly. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, I mean, he's not as good as O'Reilly, but yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, there's some concerns there. He uh, He's definitely having a career year and a contract year. So that always kind of puts up a little bit of a red flag, but. You know, my counteract to that is he had a coaching and usage change this season. Uh, Elaine Vigneault used him a lot as a defensive forward, uh, put him in a lot of defensive situations and defensive zone starts, and that I think hurt his numbers offensively, and I think he's not – he didn't react well to that. Uh, His defensive numbers dipped, but this season in more of a – I would say maybe like a 50-50 role or even like just like a – 55 defensive, 55% defensive zone starts versus offensive zone starts. Uh, Quinn has given him the opportunity when he was in New York uh, to play more offensive situations, to play a more offensive role, and he's rewarded him for that. So, you know, free agency is always a crazy time. You know, it is. You're, you're going to pay big money. Uh, most likely, every contract you hand out is going to be rough the last year or two and that's just kind of the way it works out if you want to dip your toes in that and you want to live in that world and make some moves that's just the way it is so but i think here you know getting out of this contract at 31 years old uh i don't really think you're gonna get a lot of hurt at the end maybe a year or so on 30 to 30 you can turn 30 31 you see some slowdown and some hurt but again i mean that's when you can slide into a fourth line center right right you can have a guy like Asplin come up or who knows whatever i mean you can have uh, if you grab Alex Turcott, let's say fifth overall or sixth overall this year, uh, ideally by the time he's thirty years old, you're going to have that guy in your system. So you know, there's you know, you're going to have then you're going to middle stat Eichel and Turcott as your three centers, and you're going to be fine. So it's, I think this is more of a move that helps you now, and the team will benefit now. I think middle stat will benefit from it, and you know, it really gives you a second. It really gives you, I think, a legitimate middle six that you can use in different situations and maybe kind of roll the line that's better, whether it's going to be the Hayes on a middle stat line. So, Right. 
that's my overall thought on Kevin Hayes. Any <clears throat> any Kevin Hayes thoughts for you personally? Because I know I know some people like are like, eh, they're not so big on it. So I'm kind of curious your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's kind of been your boy uh, for a while now, so I've mm-hmm. kind of just let it ride. <laughs> I, I expected him to be here, and um, obviously we've talked about this a lot before, but um, yeah, I mean I'm fine with it. I, I think not necessarily Hayes, but just kind of as an overall. Um, UFA is, is definitely, it can be a scary time. I know it's definitely burned the Sabres quite a few times in the past, but I, I do think that this off season is the year where you need to go get guys like this <clears throat> to be able to make those drastic changes now. And then <clears throat> like we talk about, especially with the GM, like you have right now, where his bus getting pretty hot, he's going to have to make moves now to make this team better now. And then in five years when this contract is up that's where you're drafting and you're developing and your scouting team is becomes huge it becomes the most important thing because that's when like you said your turcots your other first round draft picks become super important because then they take over three four five years from now so that yes you're paying him more than necessarily you'd want to pay a third or fourth line center but he it allows you to slot him down, and it doesn't hurt you as much because you're now paying ELCs to uh, guys that are just coming to the league. And if they can take over those pos- uh, positions, you're fine. And these these contracts don't necessarily hurt you as much, nearly as much. Right. So I, I think this is a year maybe where maybe you. I, I know it's it's scary because of how it's gone in the past with your post or your Molson. Um, but I think this is the year where you kind of dip your toe back in, especially if you're looking to keep that. Uh, second first round pick uh you dip your toe back into free agency you might get a guy or a couple guys here to be able to give the overturn of the roster and and allow for more depth and then you just it's all hands on board with scouting and you need to go and you need to hit because it's another thing that they have, this team hasn't done well they've, they've done bad in free agency mm-hmm. and on top of doing bad in free agency they haven't hit on many draft picks so uh now's the time to kind of turn that around and and, and that's where you're going to finally see a whole turnaround where you would see as they tried to say at the beginning of the season perennial uh playoff team yeah and it, as you said you know that the good thing too with with Batterill, you can kind of give them some credit for it, and it's still early uh but you're starting to see maybe some of those mid-round picks hit here uh picard laxanen bryson uh-huh. uh cronholm you know so there, there's a couple guys there that Picard's are been good he got his, his contract too right uh, yeah, he's in he's, Rochester now, but he's recovering from a broken collarbone. So you know we don't right. know if he's been playing games, but but yeah. he was playing really well before that. Right, he was. He was there's, tearing there's, up Barry. There's a lot hotel. of talk. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it's important where you got to start hitting on these picks, uh, so that when the time comes, you're you're paying these guys pennies, and the guys that you had to pay now, it's it's not hurting you. All right, let's get to our last free agent. What they didn't do with Eichel and Darlene and Reinhardt. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You take take full advantage of those entry-level contracts. And that's how you're a good team because when you have all these guys, you're going to pay a lot of money for a long time. The reason how you make your cap work is you have these guys on low-paying low contracts come in your lineup and produce. And, you know, that that's how it's done. That was the Penguins model. That's how the Blackhawks did Chicago's it. That's model. how yeah. a lot of teams did it. So. The funny thing is, it's not even how you become a good team. It's just how you stay a good team. 100% <laughs> agree. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> just in case they want to take a note on that, like you can still be a good team without this working out. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. <laughs> All right, so on to our last free agent, uh, which yeah. I think you admittedly, you asked me 
basically I pictured a Conor McGregor gif in my head when <laughs> you asked me who that guy is. Uh, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so the last free agent here is I like it though. It you know what? This is this is how you again, this is how you become a good team because you make moves like this. Uh it's a right shot defenseman not playing in the NHL. So we're gonna we're gonna reach into Europe. We're, it's gonna be this year's Victor Antipa and this year's Lawrence Pilot. Uh, we're gonna go get that again, and that's Finnish defenseman, twenty-three year old Oliver Koski, uh, six foot three, hundred and eighty-seven pound defenseman. Uh, he has fifty or fifty-one points in nineteen goals in fifty-nine games in Liga this year, playing for the Pelicans over there. Uh, he is a free agent this summer. Uh, he will most likely be signed by a team in the NHL. Uh, the Sabres like the Europeans. They have a lot of scouting. They have a couple players in Liga, including Laxanen, so they get their look at these Europeans, at a player like Koski. And the good thing is here, where unlike you're going to go into a market where maybe a player of his talent at 23 years old you'd have to pay around 4 or $5 million for, well, the benefit here is a 23-year-old out of Europe uh, he comes in on a two-year entry-level contract at $925,000 cap hit. So you're going to get a player of his caliber and potential, his offensive upside, his his defensive game isn't great, um, you know, but that can be worked on. He's still young, but he's more known for his offense, and I think he's a good guy you can put in the bottom on your bottom pair uh, who probably maybe can give you some power play time and, you know, give you some – puck movement and transition and points from the blue line. So Oliver Koski gets to know who he is. He's going to be a guy that a lot of teams are going to be talking about here soon. Uh, he's going to be probably going to hear about he's, his team is still in the league of playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, Laxanen is out of the league of playoffs. And so is Miska Kukinen who's playing in that league, but uh, Koski is still playing, but it, it's, you know, it's it's the new way. It's the new way of finding free agents, Bill, and they've done it two uh-huh. years in a row now. And I think I think it's great uh, to have that ability and to have that knowledge and to have that scouting staff that can go and find those players. You know, to step in. So I think if you can get a guy like Koski and throw him on your bottom pair and hope and you know pray for some development, uh, that's exciting. That's I think that's kind of a good that's a good deal and. Again, it's a low-key free agent signing that doesn't cost you a ton of money but could drastically improve your hockey team. Yeah, and I, I love that you went out and found that guy because, I mean, just imagine what Pilot could have been this season if he would have played the entire season right. here. Or at least, you know, once he got the call-up, stayed and was given the minutes that he should have been given. Uh, not saying that this guy necessarily will be at that level that Pilot is. I think Pilot's a little more special. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, if it's... <laughs> It's worked. I, I don't see, and like you said, the the cap hit is low enough, or the risk is low too. Um, if you can go out and get guys like that, I mean, it's definitely a way to quickly and cheaply turn your team around. Yeah. So that is that is that is it. That's the team. So Bill has a few players he's going to bring up here. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm going to quickly just run out uh, my lines here and how it turned into a 101 point team. So. Here's how my lines were look and set up. So your first line, um, actually, I should mention a few things. Uh, this is kind of these are kind of important. 
Uh, I re-signed Jeff Skinner to eight years, $8.25 million. <laughs> That's, I think, is critical here. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, <laughs> I handed out a two-year, $2 million contract to. And I don't think any RF. Oh, Nina Salmer, two years, $1.5 million. And I don't think I have anybody else that I even signed because it's not really relevant to this. So, obviously, you would sign any other restricted free agent that you needed to, but it's not really relevant to the Sabres because they're not going to be on it. Oh, and Andrew Kopp, as I mentioned, two years, $1.75 million uh, because he is a restricted free agent when you inquire his rights. So, now that we have the house cleaning, uh, here's how my <laughs> lines would look. Uh, your first line is Skinner, Eichel, and Nylander. Uh, and now you can kind of... These two lines are kind of interchangeable, like I said. Uh, but the next line would be Connor Sheary, Kevin Hayes, and Evan Rodriguez. Uh, the line after that would be Victor Olofsson, Casey Middlestat, and Sam Reinhart. And then your fourth line would be JT Miller, Andrew Kopp, Kyle Oposo, and Scott Wilson hangs out as your 13th forward. Or Scott Wilson can go, and you can then have Ryan Callahan in there as your 13th forward. Um, but really, that guy doesn't didn't equate into the 101-point metric anyways. So quickly before I get to the defense, the pairings, uh, JT Miller... You know, I think the benefits you mentioned to me, you're a little nervous about Olofsson or maybe even Nylander, you know, being in uh-huh. roles, prominent roles, we're relying on them to score goals. Uh, I think the benefit of having a guy like JT Miller is either those guys struggle, uh, Miller can play both wings, and I think he can move up your lineup if you need him to, and I don't think it's going to hurt your team at all for him to do that. It's not, it's not like you're bringing yeah, Jurgensen's up. You're being a guy who legitimately can play on those top lines if you need it. No, and I, I think kind of the way you set these lines up, it kind of goes back to the Bilesma way of thinking of where you have your pairs. So right. like you have yeah. your Eichel Skitter, you have your Hayes Reinhardt or, um, Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. So you like, you have your pairs that kind of stick together and then your Nylander, Miller, Olison kind of interchangeably go up and down as they play. Yep. Um, and I think that kind of works out that way. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like I said, for me, that was the only, and it's kind of why I'll get into a couple other, uh, UFAs here. The only thing that made me a little nervous is not that I don't trust Neil Leonard Olvison. I just don't like going into a season like we did this year yeah, where right. you don't have more of a backup plan in case something goes wrong. Uh, like we saw this year, you know, we made the trade. Berglund was supposed to be center two for the entire year to shelter Middlestad. Even if he would have stayed, it wasn't really working. Um, so I would just like to maybe get another guy or two in here to shelter in case Olofsson Maybe he isn't ready, and, it, and it, it would be fine, I would think, if he's you know a third, fourth-line guy who just sees all the power play minutes uh, and he's more of a specialist as he kind of grows into NHL 5-on-5. Five five. Um, and Nylander, I, I think, as I said kind of as this started, Nylander with Eichel and Skinner I don't think will be too much of a problem. I think maybe there's that here or there game in an 82-game season yeah, where right. if he has a stretch where you know he stops back-checking, his defensive game kind of falls off a cliff, you can... You know, you don't have to sit him down, but you can put him in a third or fourth line role for a, a couple of while until he gets his head straight. Uh, that's where like Miller can come in, or if you have this other UFA, yeah. or even um, Evan Rodriguez is a guy who can do that too. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's a good point too. Yep. So I, I just I like to have I would like to have that over depth um, so that something like this season doesn't happen, or like you said, the the GM could just go make that move in the season, but. Yeah, no, I think overall though it's 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 a good <laughs> for the guys you had to keep on the roster. I, I think this is a good overhaul, and mm. it gives you some some hope going into the next season. 
Yes. Out right, of the so defense. Quickly on the defense before I hand the mic over to you. Uh, your top pair, Rasmus Dahlin and Eric Cernak. Uh, your second pair would be Lawrence Pilot and Brandon Montour. And then your third pair can be a combination of, well, not a combination. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, your third pair uh, is Zach Bogosian and Oliver Koski. Now, that's two right shot defensemen on your third pair. Uh, and again, it, it, those guys probably need to play a sheltered role, uh, which I think would benefit both of them anyways, kind of give them a offensive zone start to keep them out of the defensive zone. Neither of them are really that great at it. Uh, so I think you'll have to shelter that third pair, but I think that's that's perfectly fine for, for a coach who would know how to do that. And, you know, you have some really good players in your top four. So I, I think that as long as you have a coach who understands it and knows how to use players properly, I think you'll be fine. Uh-huh. And then the seventh defenseman, because as I talked before, you just you, you just can't get rid of everybody who's under contract next year. Uh, the seventh defenseman I have here is Matt Honwick. And to be honest, to be fair to Matt Honwick, I think when he's played, he really hasn't been that terrible for what we've expected from Matt Honwick. <laughs> I, I think he's he's been okay. Like it's he's not having know. a scandal all nights out there. You know what I mean? So like. I mean, worst case scenario, you're fine. You still got Nelson, you got Borgen. Right, right, exactly. There, there are moves you can make. Absolutely. The defense depth, I'm not necessarily worried about. Correct. But yeah, uh, crazy thought putting your uh, Dalian and Pilot on your top two and and giving them the the defensive minutes because they're guys that can actually exit the zone. Yes, sir. You got it there. What a thought. All right, so that is my spin on it uh, with some pointers and helps for help from you as well. It wasn't all me. You. You give me some tips in there too. So now, though, is I've been a lot of talking. Uh, you have <laughs> your list of guys who uh, you did your portion that you thought might be interesting too. So I'll hand the mic over to you, and we'll kind of conversate here about a few guys you kind of had in your list that could be options as well. Yeah, just kind of scrolling through. Um, a couple guys jumped off. Uh, one would be, let's see here. I think his name is Eric Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> Is he is he is he see? from Sweden? Right, he's from is he Sweden. Available? He might be. <laughs> is this right? Is that Am the guy that right? is that the guy that Rasmus Dahlin is like really obsessed with? Is that the guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine you'd come here, but no, it's funny. I actually um, I texted Chad before when I was trying to make my own team and, and kind of gave up uh, and just rolled with with the one that he and I had gone through before. Um, I asked him if picking Eric Carlson was cheating. So <laughs> and if you can put him with a cat, man, it counts, right? And that's Yeah. I just gotta do the legwork of getting him here, right? Exactly. But exactly. uh <laughs> no, I mean being serious, um the age is a little scary, but Anders Lee I think is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's more yeah. of a veteran presence. I think it would fit really good on the wing. Uh he gives you some top six um exper- like he he would be good on the top six, but I think he could also fit like a two three role if you needed him to uh, i think it's another guy kind of like you had um the way you explained miller uh, a guy that can just kind of move anywhere within the lineup mm-hmm. uh, wherever you need him he can kind of go uh and he's putting up you know, you know over a point or half a point a game yep. 47 points and 77 yeah um like i said the only thing for that one that would kind of scare me is 28 years old and it's crazy season so i'm definitely not trying to give him anything north of and he's gonna turn you know, 29 before next season starts too Right. I'm not trying to give a long term, you know, four and a half, five plus maybe yeah, to, right. to Anders Lee. Yep. Um but for the right price and the right term, I think he would be a, a, a great addition. If you want um, an Islanders guy, he's the guy between him and Rock Nelson, so I'll say that. That 
he's the guy you want over Brock Nelson. Yeah, yeah. You showed me his underlying numbers are good too. Yeah, so correct. Um, yeah, so he would be a guy I'd be interested in. Uh, Zuccarello's old, so that's probably a no. Furlan, Furlan's really interesting. I've we talked about him lot. quite a bit throughout the season. Yeah. Yep. So uh, <clears throat> he's definitely a name that kind of jumps off here. Uh, bigger body guy that can they can put the puck in the net too. Yep. Uh, he's just getting close to 20 goals and he missed some time this year. Correct. So that would be a nice addition to your depth scoring. Um, Bonsquay is interesting. I think he'd probably go back though. Yeah. Kind of. I, I wonder if that. I wonder if he can. I, I, interesting thing about you know you mentioned Carlson. Uh, you know if they give him that contract, I wonder if, if they stay. Is. Maybe he's a casualty. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, right now he's making 1.9. He's only 26, uh, 14 goals, 35 points in 35 games. Not great, but it's definitely better than any depth scoring you've gotten this season. He's got um, some pretty good underlying numbers, too. I'm, I'm pulling them up to verify what they are here, but he's got some pretty good underlying numbers in, uh, in San Jose as well. So, I, I mean, there's definitely – guys out there tanov i know you've talked about he's out there 27 years old 1.1 this year uh 25 points and 76 so uh, he's top seven in he's seventh overall in um expected plus minus impact on the team so that's pretty impressive yes yeah, that's not bad at all i mean that's better so than guys I, like logan couture thomas hurdle brett burns evander kane uh you know, guys like that. He's better than that. Interesting. Impact. So, and, and kind of that's where I want to go with this is you can find probably guys like that that would help overturn the roster more than you know going out and finding those big fish. If you if you can find more where you can overhaul the depth scoring, uh, and obviously you're gonna have to move guys around for that to happen. Uh, but if you can make that work, I, I think shoring up the depth scoring is. is Part, most of your problem here, since I imagine, you know, if Pilot's getting full-time here, you got Dalene. if you get the Cernak trade, I don't think you have to worry about your defense as much anymore. I mean, yeah, you're probably going to um, still give up, uh, not a, a good amount, but you're you're still going to give up goals because uh, a lot right. of these guys are yep. more offensive. Um, but with that being said then, so then you need to go find depth scoring so that you can keep up when your goalie has an off night uh, and you can go win games 5-4. Um, so with that being said, two more names I'm going to throw out here. Jordan Wheel has always been a little interesting to me. 26, he's young, 1.7. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, um, again, who I talked to on Twitter, another nerd like I am, he's he's a, a wheel guy too. So that's that's a guy that's interesting. Sounds like I'm hitting all the right notes here, you Chad. Are, you're hitting a lot of the analytical, <laughs> analytical underlying guys. So that, that's good. That's impressive. And uh, the, one, the other one we talked about at the trade deadline, uh, he's going to be UFA this summer, Carl Hagelin. Get a little bit of speed, some penalty kill. Uh, if you can get him for maybe a one, two, I'm not looking to go any kind of long term. He's 30, uh, but I think he would be another guy that'd be interesting. Get get a little more speed in the lineup. Uh-huh. Your boy Brandon Peary's out here too. Yeah, our boy Brandon yeah, Peary's out here. Yeah, yes, Brandon <laughs> He kind of cooled off from the scoring, but yeah, he's he's the, quickly go back to 16 Brown's points story. in 28 games. That's not bad. That's that really that's isn't. Nice. But I mean, I don't know. That's all right. It's like going back to my boy Ganya, who exactly, exactly has basically been kicked out of the league, even though he's a half <laughs> half a point a game player. That's funny. Uh, I was just <laughs> saying quickly going back to Donskoy. Uh, over the last three years in San Jose, uh, he is the third best expected plus minus impact player on that team. So maybe you kind of hope Donskoy. they resign Carlson. 
Mm-hmm. And then you go calling about Jonas Donskoy. Yeah, I love the name, man. And Ryan it's Simpson a wrote an article about some guys too, and Donskoy was on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's again, he's under the radar signing that could really boost your, your bottom six. So I'd be all about it. I'd, I'd be all about Donskoy, that's for sure. Glad I could be of assistance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, using your war- using this war machine, uh, Anders Lee, Kevin Hayes, Sam Reinhardt, four point eight. Bam! It's a it's a pretty pretty shade of blue here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta love it. Gotta love the analytical underlying numbers. I mean, that's how you build hockey teams. I mean, look at that. I mean, I, I using a lot of underlying numbers. I built one hundred and one projo- projected hockey team. I mean, what was yours? You said like yours was like ninety eight, ninety nine. You said so. I mean, yep. That's a playoff team. That's a playoff team, right? I'm making the playoffs. We're both making the playoffs, so. Just a side note, if anybody's ever used this thing, I think the funniest thing is that because it's a Google Doc, they assign names to people, mm-hmm. and they're just like anonymous animals. Yeah. So it says like anonymous capybara, anonymous walrus, <laughs> anonymous Dumbo octopus. I yeah. found that the way enjoyable to, as I've been going about this. The way, actually, I, I should have told you, but the way to make it easier for you uh, and for other people is to, if you actually like download it, uh, it's more user friendly, so it, it works quicker. So that's a tip for the future if you use it. If you actually download the Google Doc on your computer and use it, it's actually more user friendly. Makes sense. And there's not 17 people and they're messing around the same file that you are. So I know it was actually funny. I was hoping nobody would touch this because I used the <laughs> the first tab, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. All good. Uh, yeah. So there it is. So that is Bill and I. Uh, talking about some potential options, uh, putting together a team for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's getting creative. And we nothing we did or talked about is really off the board. Uh, we didn't come out of nowhere and say, go trade for Evgeny Melkin. Like, you know, that. <laughs> like that these are all realistic. I made one major trade. Uh, I signed one, I guess you could say, higher tier free agent. I found another free agent in Europe. I brought a few guys up. And let's go win some hockey we, games, right? I mean, that's, we shipped one Vladimir Saboka to the AHL and hope he went back to the K. Yeah, Vladimir Saboka, what I did is I waived him uh, <laughs> and, and, and hoped that he would go to Europe. And I think that's kind of what they have to do. So I waived him. Um, Oposo still around. Pominville, as much as I like him. Uh, and I think if the situation presents itself, you can bring him back. But in this situation, especially if you're going to take on Callahan's money, Excuse me. Um, there's just really not room for him. So it is what it is there. Um, you know, best of luck to Thompson. Thompson, you have in the A? I Thompson assume? I have in the A. I, I, think, I, I think he could I use it. I don't disagree with you. I think he could use it at least to start the season and see how it goes on their injuries gets called up. Uh, yeah. I, I think Botterill did it this season. Um, I think realistically, if he, do, if he does agree. it. If he doesn't earn a spot out of camp, he goes to the minors. That's just the way it is. And that's the way it should be. Right, exactly. And if Not you get some of these the players way. on your roster that we outlined here uh, to have competition on your team, um, I think it might be hard for him. I, I don't know if he's going to beat out Nylander or beat out Olofsson to make the team because that's really who realistically he'd have to beat out on what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I have, him, I have him in the A next year to start. Fine with me. So, that was fun. Learn when to toe drag, kid. Learn when to learn how to use your body, kid. I mean, that, that's really what it is, I, right? Yeah. Honestly, it is the most important. Learn thing. how to use your body and learn how a, to shoot. Put not, on not some not weight. Carry the puck. 
I know. Honestly, it's probably the difference between him and Olsen. Is Olsen hit the damn net? Yeah, and he in the the shot is gone in a second. Like it's he gets oh, yeah. it gone. Where you know it's oh Thompson always just holds it that one extra second. Yep, yep. And either gets knocked off his stick or he loses the puck because he overhandles it. So sounds like a perfect thing to work out of the AHL. Yes, where he should have been all season long. But what are you gonna do? So as I was saying, that's it. Uh, a lot of fun, different. Uh, added to a different vibe from the misery and unfortunate situation the Sabres were in. But, you know, as we talked about at the beginning here to kind of bring it full circle, there's it's difficult. It's not easy uh, with the contracts they have under uh, mm-hmm. for next season. But there's possibility. There's moves to be made. And there's ways to improve your team. And really, there's, frankly, at the end of the day, there's absolutely no excuse. I mean, am I right with that? For next season, to be, right next season to be... You know, without a doubt, you have to be a competitive playoff team. In to the very no. end, I, I, think, to, to I me, think you have to, to be me. a playoff team. But to, and I think at that, minimum, you have to at least be there to the very end. I, th- I think you're right, but I think in the world that we, or at least the front office, should live in, like this better be a playoff team next year. Yeah. No, you're right. Just, just because you didn't meet expectations this year doesn't mean my expectation of next year should change. Couldn't agree more. Make the playoffs. Yep. If you don't, the front office gets set on fire. For sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm throwing people out. <laughs> find a new They're body. all going out of the bar, right? Everybody's out. Everybody's out. And then we're going to come in here and we're going to be the new general managers. Uh, right? That's how it works, I think, right? Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, to be if fair. You, if you throw everybody out, do you get to take over? <laughs> right, right. I mean, to be fair, uh, if Jason Bottle listens to this and he does exactly what what we have written down here and they make the playoffs and, like, win a ring, I think we should get one too, to be honest. I, that's only fair, right? Honestly, if <laughs> I would I would be okay with those <laughs> conditions. <laughs> Feel free to use it. We don't need any credit. Just send the ring in the mail. And... Exactly. Exactly. Give my ring. In the next. <laughs> I won't press charges for trademarks that you stole my team, but we'll call it even that way. Uh, all right. So to quickly wrap it up here, uh, you know, make sure you're checking, uh, not checking, listening to us on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Uh, rate, share. Uh, follow, subscribe, anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. Uh, make sure you check out Dive of the Blade, where you'll find ex- our podcast and excellent Sabres content as well. And, yeah, make sure you interact on Twitter, uh, at BTB Hockey. Uh, the finals of the coaches bracket between Chris Taylor and Rickard Romberg mm. is going to be tomorrow. Taylor, upset over Quenville, which is pretty surprising. It was neck, I would and, not neck. Have it was neck on and neck right into the end. I know. I saw. I saw you needed the extra quote tweet to get it yeah. over the finish line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of votes too. I think it was like over 400 votes. So it was. You know, it, it wasn't like a 30 vote thing. There's a lot of votes in there too. So it was interesting. Uh, Chris Taylor pulls it out though, ever so, ever so briefly, uh, to go ahead in the final. I think that's the same finals we had too, right? We had Gromberg and Taylor. So interesting how that worked out. Yep, it is interesting. So we subliminal message for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we did. We did. We got it. I mean, it, it, the bracket went a little bit different, but at the end of the day, it got to kind of where we got to at the end. So we'll we'll see tomorrow when the voting starts, kind of who ends up winning that, and kind of see if we get the same one or if Taylor pulls it out, and we have a Gromberg and a Taylor vote because it's as we said. I think there will be a new coach search uh, if Minnesota fires their coach Bruce Boudreau 
becomes a very interesting candidate as well who is not on that bracket. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe we'll talk about him down the road in the next couple of weeks if that does shake out that way. But long podcast this week, so we'll cut out here. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of good content in here of how to make you happy and positivity for a future good team. So for Chad and Bill, we are out of here this week uh we're gonna be back soon probably next week i might try to get some draft talk in here see if we can get a guest on because uh, that is also approaching with the draft lottery april 9th bill lottery season baby a lottery and they're gonna be they're gonna be in their five six spot right exactly uh-huh. exactly so we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the season and yeah that's it talk to you. see ya see ya Shields sprawls and makes the save.